Hello and welcome to Jess with 1S. My name is Jessica Spencer and this is my podcast where I talk about the highs and lows of being a Christian, a wife, a mother, and a small business owner. I hope you all had a very happy new year. I hope you had time to enjoy your family and um, bring in the new year with the people that you love. Um, my husband and I and the kids went to a friend's house and we rang in the new year in their um, pool and had a great time. So I hope you all had a safe and happy Christmas and new year. And I am so excited to hit the ground running in 2020 with this podcast. So I want to reflect on what the past 10 years have been like. With it being a new decade now, it's kind of a nice time for us to reflect back on the changes that we've seen in the past decade. So I want to tell you a little bit about what the past 10 years have been like for me. Um, I am 34 years old, so there's a lot of change in anyone's life between the age of 24 and 34, and I'm no different. Um, This time 10 years ago, I was um, a new homeowner, and um, my husband and I were engaged to be married, and we got married in May of 2010, and we had just pretty much every aspect of my life has changed since 2010. So now I'm a wife. Uh, now I'm a mom. Um, I'm much deeper in my Christian faith than I was then. Um, I'm, I didn't own a business at the time. Pretty much everything uh, that goes into who I am has, has changed since then. And I think it would be scary if the opposite were true, if I hadn't changed um, in the past 10 years. And I really hope that I um, have grown. And I hope that in 2030, when I'm looking back and reflecting on this decade that I'm just starting, I hope I've changed equally by then and grown and uh, learned more about about God and my family. And really, I hope I see, I hope I see growth like I do looking back from 2010 to 2020. So it, like I said, my husband and I got married in 2020 and we were, um, he was a police officer, still is, and I was a judge's clerk. So I had started working at, as a judge's clerk when I was about, uh, somewhere around 18. And, um, I worked there until I was, uh, about 32 when I left to start my own company, my own real estate company. And um, so professionally, I've changed a lot. Um, and just in general, uh, as a person, I think um, the biggest growth and change uh, that's affected me over the past 10 years would definitely be uh, being a wife. Um, I don't know if everyone has a hard time when they first get married, but I kind of struggled, um, as a wife, kind of, um, just first it was difficult because my husband and I were on opposite shifts. He worked the afternoon shift, which was three to 11 and I worked, 
um, 8.30 to 4.30. So by the time I got home in the evening, he was already gone to work. And I would try to stay up till 11.30 when he would get home from work. And then I would have to wake up and go to work in the morning. And so we just struggled with not having much time together and just adjusting to uh, your new life together is is uh, definitely change. <laughs> and it was great and it was a happy time, obviously, in my life, but it certainly wasn't without its um, growing pains. And I remember... Um, during that time, kind of comparing myself to what I thought marriage would be like. And I remember thinking like, well, shouldn't I be over the moon? Shouldn't I be in, you know, a honeymoon phase? Shouldn't I be like, um, shouldn't I just be beside myself in love? And the truth is that you, you can't compare yourself to what you think you should be feeling. You have to just live where you are and and tr- make the best out of every every day that you have and instead of comparing yourself to what you should be thinking or feeling just enjoy whatever season you're in and that I wish is something that I would have heard during that time because I really didn't know what I should be feeling or what I should be thinking or what what really I should be going through um and unfortunately at the time I wasn't a member of a church community so I didn't really have a a support system of women like I do now that I could go to and I'm really grateful for that change in my life where I have this network of women and I'm also 10 years older so I'm not quite so timid about asking for advice or asking or being honest about how I'm feeling and just kind of seeking counsel when I need when I need answers to something or when I'm struggling with something and I think just in life you kind of tend to be this glorified version of yourself and and try not to you try to keep your struggles private and um and you're doing a disservice to yourself and to the women and men around you who could help you and you're not you're not asking for wisdom from them because you're kind of embarrassed or you just don't really know to ask um so i would just encourage you if you're no matter what phase of your life you're in uh, i would just encourage you to to ask for help and to discuss your um struggles and um just kind of lean into the people who are around you um no one's ever going to be unkind to you because you're asking for help or because you're um because you're struggling with something and if they are then that genuinely is not the person that should be around you so when someone shows you who they are, if it's not the person that you want in your life, there's no, there's no harm in, in distancing yourself from that, from that relationship. And obviously we change as people and we grow closer to people in stages and we grow apart from people in stages. And, um, there's no shame in that. Obviously you don't have to be unkind or, 
um, rude or distant on purpose, but you, you certainly, people change and uh, God puts people in your life when you need them, for sure. And so I, I wish I would have known to ask more for help during that, during that phase of my life. And it maybe would, would have been a little bit easier to, to adjust to being, to being a newlywed. So, um, my husband and I, um, we used to live in Lake Orion, Michigan. Now we, um, live in Independence Township, Michigan. And, um, once we sold our first home and bought our second home, we, um, after we moved, I kind of reflected with my husband and said, hey, I really feel like I could do what our agent did for us. I think that might be a really good career for me. And so my husband encouraged me by saying, you know, why don't you try it? Why don't you get your real estate license? And if you like it, then do it. And if you don't, then just sell your brothers a house. <laughs> and if they, and if once they move, if you don't like doing it, then just don't do it anymore. That'll be enough to pay for all your classes and uh, give you a taste of whether or not you being in real estate is, is something that would work for you. So I did that. I got my real estate license and my brothers were two of my first clients <laughs> and um, I loved it. And I was working for a small real estate company out of Flint, Michigan, which is about a half an hour north of where I live. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. And so I continued doing it um, on the side while I was working full time. I, my husband and I were, um, were getting ready to start a family. And so it was a good little part-time gig for me on the side to kind of supplement and gave me something to do while my husband was kind of working all the time. It felt like, um, so I, so I did get my real estate license and, um, Around that same time, my husband and I um, found out that we weren't going to be able to have children naturally. So we, we knew that we were going to have to have in vitro fertilization. So when we did, when we started thinking about how much that would cost and things like that, we thought that would be a good idea for us to become foster parents. And we, we, um, we kind of reflected and thought, that we would be a good place for kids to stay until they, um, until their parents could kind of get themselves back together. And we, we had kind of planned that we would be foster parents temporarily. We wouldn't necessarily adopt, but we would just kind of be foster parents. And then we had kind of gone into it hoping that we would, um, that we would be able to provide a kind, loving home for children while they were in a stressful time in their life. So we looked at it as that when kids grew up who were placed with us, they could kind of either, they could kind of live a life where they can have the troubles that they had that got them in foster care, or they could have an example through us where we would be kind and loving and 
um, Christian family and they could learn, they could learn our behaviors and then they could choose, they could have a choice when they grow up, which of those two examples they would like to be more like. So that was kind of our goal. So we got our foster care license and just a couple months after we got our foster care license, we took a placement of a little baby and we got him when he was four days old they called us one day and we obviously didn't have any children and um we had uh they called us and asked us if we would take this little newborn baby and so of course we said yes so they asked us to pick him up from the hospital and so we did and we had him from the time he was born he was four days old when we got him. And when he was two months old, we got a phone call from the Department of Health and Human Services and they asked us if we would take a placement of two more children. And so originally we had said, no, we're not going to take these other two kids because um, because the child that we had um, first taken placement of had uh, siblings and we thought we would get them placed with us so that all the siblings could be together. So then we got a we got the call asking us to take these two two little kids and so they were 6 years old and 14 months old. And we said no, we we wouldn't take them because we were planning on getting the other two siblings of the little baby that we had. So um they said that's fine. We're just going to it's almost the weekend, so we're just going to put him in um, a place called Children's Village for the night until we can find him a foster home um, tomorrow. So I I called my husband and I said, let's just take him for the night. And then that way um, the department has time to find a place for the kids to go um, on a more long-term basis. So I, I want to say that was like a Friday and they said, so they, they were going to come stay with us for the weekend and then they were going to go to a permanent foster home on Monday. And um, so we get these two, we get these two kids and they are just the sweetest, happiest um, kids ever. And they're so loving and uh, they're so... So, spoiler alert, we end up, the, the Monday has still not come because they're still placed with us. Now they're, now they're adopted and a uh, huge, obviously, part of our lives. So that's my son, Cameron, who is now 12, and my daughter, Michaela, who is six. So when they were, um, so when we, when we got them, we were dr- driving in the car and, um, Obviously, being taken from your family and put into foster care is a quite traumatic experience, and um, and obviously so. Um, so I didn't have anything for any clothes or any bedding or any anything, anything at all, because I two months ago I didn't have any kids, and now all of a sudden I have three, and they're all different ages. So what I did was I, um, 
I had to take them to Target. So I went, my, my parents just live a couple miles from me. So I went and picked up my mom and we went to take the kids to Target. And uh, my son is sitting in the back seat and he says to me, you know, I thought this was going to be the worst day of my life, but this is the best day I ever had. And I was just so struck by that and so thankful that God had given him comfort and peace in this terribly difficult time in his little six-year-old life. And so we we, we went to Target and um, just got him some clothes and things like that and, and we came home. And um, so by the time Monday rolled around, you know, that day, my husband was at work, and so he was not going to be home until the next morning. And so I kind of said, this was during the summer, so there was no school or anything like that. I would kind of said, you know, my name's Miss Jessica. Um, we are going to, you're going to be staying with us. I don't have any idea how long you're going to be with us. So as long as you need to be with us, that's how long you'll, you'll be here. And, um... So he, um, he, he uh, was able to really adjust well to being in our home. And um, so that day we were at Target and we were, um, we, I think he was so small that actually he was sitting in the, in the basket of the cart and, and my daughter was sitting up in the front kind of facing me. And we had gotten separated in Target from my mom, which is very, very frequent that that happens. And um, my mom says, or Cameron says to me, where's my grandma? And I, I said, uh, I, I kind of didn't know if he was talking about my mom or if he was talking about um, his biological family. I was, I was totally unsure. So I just said to him, um, are you talking about um, Miss, Miss Debbie, are you talking about your, um, your, your, a, a different grandma? And he says, no, I'm talking about your mom. She's, she's going to be my grandma now. And so I don't know if, um, I don't know if that was just God's way of comforting him and just giving him peace in the situation or I, I don't know. It was just it was just the most remarkable experience for me to be able to see a child who has been taken from every single thing that they've ever known in their life and be put with complete strangers um, and just be so happy and loving and and just really soaking up all the joy that he could find in this situation it was truly inspiring to me to see to see that and so rewarding to me. You know, obviously, um, I want to say the kids before they were adopted, they were in foster care something like 1,036 days or something like that before they were adopted. And um, it seems to me that Cameron always knew that he that he was going to be staying with us that he he was never really nervous or scared or anxious about what was going to happen like he just 
kind of was very comfortable with with the whole the whole process and um so my husband and I we had the three kids for um 363 days so uh just when about gosh maybe four months after we got we had gotten the three kids um, through foster care, my husband and I had in vitro fertilization and I became pregnant with my son, Wesley. And so in April of 2015, um, we, we had my son, Wesley. And just before that, we were told that by um, our foster care worker that the baby that we had that was... Um, kind of headed towards adoption, um, that they had found his biological father after a year. And so um, he was, he, so they kind of came to us and said, so um, if, if this happens and he, in, in this um, paternity test proves that he's the dad, um, it, the baby will go, the baby will go with him. And so in a matter of just about two weeks or three weeks, um, we went from thinking that we were planning on adopting. We literally went from the, the worker saying, are you guys willing to adopt one week to we found the dad the next. And so, um, so that was obviously a tremendous change for us and, uh, a, a grief that we had to, um, overcome. And I was seven months pregnant at that time. So, um, the paternity test happened and he was, uh, the father. And so, um, they told us that it was time for, um, reunification or unification, I guess in that case. Um, and so, um, I ended up having Wesley, um, after seven and when I was seven and a half months pregnant, I had something called help syndrome, which is where your, um, I guess I still don't understand it completely, but, um, where your platelets drop and your, uh, liver enzymes go up and your, um, blood pressure skyrockets and, um, so I just became very, very unhealthy kind of all of a sudden. And so I ended up having Wesley as an emergency surgery, um, as an emergency C-section um, in April. So from April, from April, around, around the middle of April 2014 to April of 2015, we went from having no children to having four children in one year and one day. So, so for two weeks, uh, Wesley was still in the hospital in the NICU. And um, for one day, we brought Wesley home. We had four kids for in the home for one day. And then that next day after uh, Wesley came home from the hospital, um, we we brought the baby back to his biological family. And, um, 
obviously, um, obviously that was a difficult time because, and, and everyone says this, everyone says the same thing. Oh, I could never be a foster parent because I just couldn't give them back. And I appreciate why people think that and why they feel that way. And to be honest with you, I feel that way too. Um, but the truth is, it's not about me. And it's not about how I feel or how I, how much I grieve. Because obviously I did. Um, you can't possibly have a baby from the day he, from the time he's four days old to the time that he's one and not love that child as your own and not um, not be devastated when the child goes back to... And, and obviously, we know that the goal of foster care is reunification, but that doesn't make it less heartbreaking when you when you go through this process. But I would just, I would just say that um, I was able to provide for him, that child for a very important part of his life. And during that time, he thrived and he grew and he loved and he was loved. And um, he, I am a better person because of what the baby gave to me and hopefully the baby is a better person because of what I gave to him but the truth is um it's not about me it's about filling a need for our community and as a person who wants to see babies taken care of if I'm not the one to do it who would be who if if I if I said, um, well, it's too it's too hard for me. I would get too attached. I couldn't do it. Then who would? Then then are then these babies would have nowhere to live. And I'm even with all the heartbreak, and even with all of the um, mourning and loss and just grief that we have been through. I would never change one I would never change one part of it to to be where I am today to have the kids I have today and to have learned the lessons that that I have learned through that process and I think about um for Samuel 127 for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him I think about I, I, I often joke that I was praying and praying and praying and praying for children. And then all of a sudden my prayers, like years and years of prayers were answered all in one time. So I went from zero to chil zero children to four children in one year. Um, and I, I know that I, I remember finding out that I couldn't have a baby naturally and thinking, God, why would you put on my heart to be a mother? My whole life, all I wanted was to be a mom. All I wanted was to have children and to be a mom. 
And from the from the day my little brother was born, <laughs> I knew that that was my my purpose in life was to be a mother. And I could not understand why God would put that want and need in my heart and not not let me have what I was asking him. And now looking back on it, I think, well, because God's plans are so much bigger than mine. And had I been able to just get pregnant when I wanted to, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have reflected and thought and and found this need in the community for these children. And I would never have met my son, Cameron. And I would never have met my daughter, Michaela. And I would never have met this baby that we had for a year. This baby taught me how to be a mom. He taught me how to love. He taught me how to love unconditionally someone else with no... um, with no reservations. And someone told me that foster parenting isn't much different than parenting because the truth is we only have our kids for as long as God allows for them. Whether it's, um, whether it's, you, you just never know. You never know how long you're you're going to have the children in your life. So uh, whether it's um, forever or whether it's temporary, we never know. We never know what God's plan is for us and for our lives. And uh, foster parenting and, and being a mother has just taught me how precious time is and how how we have to enjoy every minute that we're in because if you spend your life wishing away these seasons, like for example, I I really tried as a young mom not to not to wish away these times. So I could I could see in the beginning me thinking, oh, I can't wait until the baby sleeps through the night. Or I can't wait until I don't have to pump anymore. Or, and, and I remember thinking, you're wishing away this precious time that you're never going to get back. You're never going to get that time in the middle of the night when it's just you and the baby back. You know, and so I kind of learned early on to stop wishing away those seasons, even the difficult seasons. Um when you're exhausted and you're tired and you have never been so <laughs> so tired in your whole life and and in my case grieving so i was grieving the loss of this ba- this baby that i had fostered at the same time so you're you're you know obviously we have this miracle in vitro baby who was born at 3 pounds 8 ounces um but at the same time, the same exact time, you're grieving this this loss where you're not seeing seeing this baby anymore. And so um, I think the whole, that whole season of my life where I was struggling with infertility and then I got pregnant and then I had this, you know, big family that I always wanted, but then it, then it didn't end up the exact way that I would would have wished that it would and 
So I just really am grateful for where I am now. And when I look back at the last years, the last like two years since the adoption of my children has been finalized, it's been so, it's felt so calm and so settled and so permanent and so, um, so comfortable that I don't have to worry anymore about what, what it's going to look like and what is going to happen. And, um, I'm just so grateful that our family is complete and that our family is, um, just settled in and growing and thriving and our kids are doing so well in school and, and in church and, just seeing the growth in them is so inspiring and just really is so, so important to me. And I've really just enjoyed the past couple of years because I am, you know, more, the older I get, I guess, the more comfortable I am and who I am as a person. Um, so in, um, after a few years of working as a realtor on the side, so being a mom, a realtor, and a judge's clerk, um, we adopted the kids. And when we did, we um, we celebrated by going on this long road trip. So we took the kids um, the day after their adoption to celebrate this chapter of our lives being closed and, and moving on to permanency and to celebrate the kids and show them how important they that this moment is for us, we decided we were going to take them on a road trip. So the kids and I and Aaron, we drove all across the United States. So we drove from Michigan all the way through the middle of the country um, we went to the, um, we went to Mount Rushmore, we went to the Mall of America, we went whale watching in Oregon, we went to San Francisco, we went to Arizona, we went to, down to Texas, but when we got to Texas, it was about, I would say, four weeks into our road trip, and, um, we had decided that um, we were going to go on a cruise at the end. So we had booked a cruise. And when we got to Texas, so did Hurricane Harvey. So we ended up having a hotel right in Galveston, which is, I think, the like epicenter of where the storm hit. So we had to cancel our hotel for that area and stay a little bit further north and inland. And um, we kind of waited uh, to see if our cruise would be canceled or not. And then um, eventually it was delayed and delayed and delayed and then it was canceled. And so we started heading north um, for home. So after about uh, like a day or two, my boss from the real estate company I worked for called me and he said... Um, he said, hey, do you have a few minutes to talk? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a week to talk because I'm not, I'm not on a cruise. So um, he had mentioned that he would likely be retiring um, 
in the next couple of years. And that if I wanted to, he could help me start my own company, my own real estate company, and work with me until I got my feet off the ground for a couple of years. And then um, he would retire. So I prayed about it and I talked to Aaron about it. And we um, really kind of thought about it. And, and Aaron kind of said, I don't know. I, I, I often joke at... And say, at my own expense, I say, God, if you want me to do something, I'm happy to do it. But I'm a little bit dumb. So if you could just make it very clear what you want from me, I'd be happy to do it. Just just make make it so that I can understand what you want, what your will is, and I'm happy to obey it. And so Aaron kind of harking back to that joke that I always make is, says, I don't know how God can make it any more clear for you what what he would want you to do. And so um, so I wound down my career as a judge's clerk and I um, started the real estate company. And that was about two years ago now. And, um, and so I um, started Spencer Real Estate and my goal for my first year was to sell 12 houses and I sold 14. And then my goal for my second year was to sell 24 houses and I sold 25. Um, so I have really just enjoyed my, um, enjoyed making goals and meeting them. And um, God has really blessed our company so much. And I really try in every opportunity I can to give God the glory for the good things that he's done in my life. And um, I really, really have, I can't think of, of something that could be better suited for who I am as a person and who God has created me to be. I am very chatty, <laughs> as you can tell, and I'm very um, family-oriented and very much um, love to give give to the people who are around me in my circle. And so doing real estate has been perfect for me because I can really um, invest in the relationships that I've been blessed with and support the people around me who who need it. And I can't really think of a better opportunity for me um, to be able to be uh, with my kids more and um, to be a really invested wife and um, to still do, to still have a career that is encouraging to me and, um, and really meets the financial needs of our family and... Um, so, so now I have, um, I have eight agents at our company and our company just continues to keep growing very organically. And so, um, now we're just growing and growing and changing. And now obviously in 2020, I've, um, started this podcast to kind of, uh, try to encourage other, other women and, um, small business owners and people to um, be encouraged by what what I um, what I've been through and um, just to take take a look at your life and see what is 
what God has done for you in the past 10 years and reflect on where where you were and how far you've come and give God the glory for the things that you have been allowed to do. And um, I really, really hope that this podcast gives me an opportunity to um, really kind of shine a light on subjects that are maybe a little bit personal to um, to talk about and to try to help people through. Obviously, um, I, I joke that before I became a foster parent, my life was so boring. <laughs> and, and it's true. I, I grew up in a very loving um, home and I hadn't really, um, hadn't really struggled um, until, until I became a foster parent. And, um, you just don't know how strong you are until you, until you have to be. And I'm really grateful for what the past 10 years have been for me. I'm happy that, um, I'm happy that I have been through what I've been through because it, it's, made me able to relate to people better than than I ever did before and I can't wait to see what 2020 and and this next decade that we're going into um what what happens in the next in the next 10 years and I'm I'm looking forward to looking back on this time and thinking about how much I've grown um in the future. So I hope that this has been encouraging to you. If you have any questions about foster care or any questions about adoption, I would love to answer them for you. My email is jessica at spencersold.com and I would love to help you with anything that you're struggling with. I hope you've enjoyed my podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Jess with one S and I hope you all have a happy new year. I hope that God continues to bless you and your family. I pray that 2020 is your best year yet. Thank you and take care.